You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast from ascully.com. Your weekly look at movies, video games, and more brought to you by your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. We're addicted to movies. Are you? Good afternoon, listeners. Good afternoon, Sid Talk. Well, it's good afternoon right here, right now for us. It but is. As I like to say, it's not necessarily always the case. Whatever time of day it is to you, good, whatever that is. <laughs> Good. Good. Yes. I could say all of them, but it would drag on a bit. (laughs) I'll say one each week. Afternoon is this week. There we go. Oh, and don't forget to fall back if you live in America. Could you clarify that, please? That seems a bit vague. You know. You mean fall back into your chair, fall back off of a cliff? Yeah, fall back off a cliff and then change your (laughs) clocks. Or do it the other way around because it'd probably be easier. Like a time machine, you fall, you change your clock, you go back in time, you're yeah. good to go. In fact, by the time you hear this, you've already fell We're back. We're going off the rails. And let's say you didn't fall back, you're late for work today, probably. Early for work? Late <laughs> to, I don't know. Yeah. Timey-wimey stuff's real. It is. I'm not a big fan of, I think we should do away with it. But hey, that's not what this podcast is about. All right, it's Saturday, November the 6th. Remember, remember the 6th of November? I'm more inclined to remember, remember the 7th of November. Well, let's remember the 5th, the 6th, and the 7th, <laughs> right? Well, we know what the 7th is. Everybody knows that, right? Yes. That's my birthday. Is, is it Guy Fawkes Day? It is not. It's my birthday. All right. It's after the show. We're a movie review podcast, and this is our 709th episode. The movie we're looking at this week. Do we do the after the show discussion? The after the show discussion. You're interrupting my. I know, cool but the intro. after the show discussion was a mishmash of things. I just need to clarify: we can't miss out any segments of the show. So the movie we're looking at this week is *The Colony*. In other countries, it's called *Tides*, but in America, you will know it as *The Colony*. It's a 2021 movie. It's actually out on Blu-ray right now from our friends at Lionsgate, and it's rated R for mature. I actually don't know why it's rated R, because it could probably get away with being a PG-13, right? No, I mean, there is the, he almost tries to sexually assault her, so I'm thinking that might, well, I didn't (laughs) say who, but I'm thinking that might be the the call to the higher rating. All right, Sid, so you were going to give us the synopsis of The Colony, and then once you're done with it, you're not giving a review, just a synopsis. Mm, this I'll sounds like you, a lot of direction you're giving me. Yeah, then I will give you the real synopsis, which might be better or worse. Uh, in the future, elite humans have gone to another planet because we've destroyed this one, essentially, environmentally. And now they want to come back. And some people survived. And so is the colony the colony over there or the colony over here? All right, so the proper one is set in the distant future... A female astronaut shipwrecked on the long-decimated Earth must decide the fate of the wasteland's remaining populace. I mean, that's a little more dry than mine, but it'll do. It's accurate, at least. Yeah. The one last week wasn't even accurate, so... Mine's always accurate. No, I mean the one from the (laughs) studio. I know. For the movie Tatane, remember? Yeah. We we was like, what is that? (laughs) That's another movie. I suppose you have to say, if the person who made the movie decides that's what it is, that's what it is, right? That's not for us to yeah. decide. I but do think the person who wrote the movie should wrote the synopsis. Should wrote it, yes. However they pitched right. it to whoever yeah. is how it should be. But again, yeah. that's not our wheelhouse, as the hip children like to say. 
All right, The Colony. We watched it. It's a sci-fi movie. Sid Talk loves sci-fi movies. What did, did you think of The Colony? I do love sci-fi, and I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, it was a mixed bag for me. I'm not in love with what feels like style over substance, and in this movie, the style is, and let me just give you a couple words, moist, wet, foggy, muddy. Does that seem right? The yes. style of this movie is, the idea is the planet Earth has succumbed to, with no explanation whatsoever, just this never-ending tide moving around, I guess. And it's just moist and wet and damp like a sauna. Because we run the world into the ground. Right. It's like we've killed the planet. But I don't understand the scenario where that circumstance is possible, that the entire planet is discovered by moving water with tides and it's like you said like water world but not like with no sunshine at all all fog and no all dennis steam, hopper no dennis hopper no kevin costner just moist and steamy all the time every scene almost every single thing has moistness wetness dripping muddy and fog in the background that's the style, and sometimes, to me, it does not serve every scene. And so there's no contrast to that. So I was a little distracted. You were distracted by the visuals. A little bit, although I enjoyed a lot of it. A lot of the photography was really cool and everything, but when I'm thinking more about, like, holy shit, I can't see anything right now, and I get it. We're trying to portray a situation where this is how it would be, and making a movie, we just want to make it as quote-unquote realistic as we can, but you also have to consider that visually I need to see the person, the people, the stuff, and feel some dynamic thing on the screen, and I didn't get a lot of that. So that was a distraction, but the story I kind of like. This is a tough one because my questions in my mind are many, you know. It's only 200 years, and that, they said a couple generations, which that's not accurate. A generation's 25 years, but 200 years in the future is what the guy said, the director writer, right? In this time frame, the people who survived on Earth have come up with a completely different language, which I didn't understand from the instant they started dishing that out to us. I'm like, well, 200 years ago, we all spoke, what, English, Spanish, Portuguese, German? Everything that existed then exists now, and I can't foresee that being different 200 years from now. So that was a weird one. Again, style over substance, They tried right? to explain the language thing by saying it was really weird. Somebody said in like a throwaway line of dialogue, oh, we needed a language to like suit the time. I was like, what? No, you're talking about, you mean in the extras yeah, in they the said? Extras, yeah, the extras, that's what I'm saying. The person coming up with the concept is not correct in thinking that there would be a whole new language in 200 years. If you said a million years, right, or 25,000 years, maybe, but why? Why are we changing languages other than smushing them together, right? So all the words that we use might, and we, we have that now, right? We have a lot of combination of German and English and Portuguese, every language around, French. That also kept kind of throwing me out of it because I kept thinking, like, what are, we, what are we doing here? This isn't Cloud Atlas. We're not, like, however long that is in the future. So that part of the story I was a little iffy about. The idea, though, the big idea is this. We went away. We let Earth 
sit here and fester, but something's wrong over on the other planet. What's wrong? What is wrong on the other planet is children cannot be born anymore. Right. And again, I was a little bit weirded out by that because she's what, maybe 20? Uh, 25 years old? I would think old? she's 30. Okay. Because she said she waited 15 years yeah. to come. It took her a year and a half to get here. She then would be, thir- we'll say 30. So her generation now can't have children and none of the other. So that also was kind of interesting to me. I don't, it must have just happened all of a sudden. Not explained either, was it? No. So if it's been 200 years, how did in that 200 years, they mentioned radiation very quickly. Like we've escaped Kepler's radiation. Kepler is the name of the other planet, by the way. It's got a number as well. Kepler. 209, I think. 209. I think it exists now. In fact, I don't know. There are lots of those out there. Potential planets to live on. So that's their problem. So they're on a ticking thing. They think they have to come back to Earth, see if it's habitable, and see if the people who come back here can then reproduce, like if nature fixes itself, right? So I inferred from what I'm seeing that she's never had a period that her yes. hormones are messed up, that she's never, she's not fertile at all. In the two days that we see her, she all of a sudden has a period. That's, I mean, there's blood coming out of her. And when she does the test or whatever, they're saying she can have a kid. All of that is very crushed together with no explanation or like logic at all to me. It's so, an issue I have with this movie. And it's just what you said. It's crushed together a lot. It's kind of rushed. I felt like the last 30 minutes was. I felt like it was it was too rushed. Me like, too. And it felt like there was a giant, like a bigger idea that they had only had a certain budget to kind of put together. Mm. They put together what they could. And it comes across like, it's really weird to me, right? Because it comes across like an art house type sci-fi movie. But then it also comes across as like a cheesy B movie. Yes, t- it's parts. a weird combination. Yeah, you're like right. sometimes you're like, this is really artistic. I love how it looks. I like the music, I like the sounds. And then the next minute, you're like, this is like on the level of like a Resident Evil movie. A little bit at times. There's exposition dialogue going back and forth that's like really bad. There's some good acting, but there's also some just crappy dialogue, I think, where they're trying to explain science all over the place. I agree. And then you're like, okay, I got what you were saying there, and you tried to simplify it by drawing it on a wall or something. (laughs) Yeah. But... I'm still not with you with what you're saying because it all seems very rushed like everything else. Exactly. The 200 years isn't long enough. Why couldn't we have said it was a thousand years? Yeah. Oh, I'm with you. I want somebody and maybe I should just do it myself to write a story about humans in the future. That's like in the future and not, I hate to be rude, but Cloud Atlas wasn't great. And so that to me didn't fulfill my need for this like, it's been 5 million years, you know what I mean? I would like that. I mean, it's hard to conceive, I suppose, and we'd be very wrong because when you listen to or watch science fiction or read it that people wrote in like the 30s and 40s or before, even in the 1800s, even before that, people wrote of the future, right? Yeah. So there are stories where they'd be like, in the year 1986. <laughs> or you you have a whole TV show 1999, right? That's about... Space 1999. Right. So that's the vision of the future, and it wasn't, isn't the way it is. So I guess you just have to take a crapshoot. But I want something so far in the future that some things are just, as a viewer or reader or whatever, you're like, whoa, I never even thought of that, you know? Well, I did like here in this movie, though, moment to moment, 
character stuff was good and there was some intrigue for me. I was like, what is this place? What's happening here? But again, because it seems rushed, they get to it very quickly and the mystery's all gone by then. They kind of revert to an action sequence at the end, which most movies do in this vein. I mean, it made sense for what they were doing, so I was okay with it, but it did feel like, okay, now it's time for the action. You know when it went to a black screen at the end? And then it went to a black screen for like 10 seconds. I was like, well, the credits are coming now. And then it went to another scene. And the other, this another scene was like five seconds long. I was like, is that supposed to be the, <laughs> like, you're supposed to like be good now? You understand everything? Because you had time to think about it. <laughs> yeah. Again, it felt like there was more to it, but it didn't all make it on the screen. What I really liked about it was I liked the way it looked a lot. Because it reminded me of, remember that movie After Earth? Mm-hmm. The way it was filmed. Like the, it's not shaky cam because it's fine, but it's got like a gritty kind of feel to it. That I it, didn't like. So I'm not with you on that one. I don't like shaky cam at all, but I don't think this movie was shaky cam. It was like a kind of a hybrid of like static shots and some handheld stuff. But it was sort of overt at times, which I did not like. Yeah, it didn't revert to like lens flare or anything like that. It was more, like you say, like misty a lot. Yeah. There's a scene at the beginning where she's running down the beach and you're just looking at mist. Yeah. And you're like, well, I can hear footsteps, so I'll assume she's, <laughs> yeah. she's running. But I'm not <laughs> yeah. looking at anything right now. It's just a whole white screen almost. See, that could be down to budgetary stuff, right, as well. You know, we create... Uh, I think it's somebody thinking that that's like, oh, what would it really be like? And we have to do it like what it would really be like. And the story is, even though the story is this big sci-fi thing, the actual way it's presented in the movie is very small. Mm -hmm. You're in a very small area. The main place that they find with all the ships, it feels like a soundstage. Yeah, it's like driving in the fog, right? right? So I know that when I get to, when I'm going to work, I've driven so many times i know everything even in the farthest of distance as far as i can see when i'm in the fog it's like i'm driving in 10 foot increments like i'm just getting from here to the end of the light that i can see and then you know i mean you're in this little box this little bubble traveling through and that's how it felt all the time right which was good i mean they're on a ship they're in the fog they're in the well or whatever the hole in the ground is so it kind of served its purpose but it got a little bit trying at times Now, it also, I mean, some would say, and I'm sure they will say in the IMDb comments, (laughs) that it didn't really do anything. Like, it's pretty slow, first off. It's a slow pace. Mm. There is a little bit of action, not much. And then it's abruptly ended. So that feels, first off, it feels a bit disjointed. And second off, I don't think the sci-fi idea is enough. Some of the dialogue sequences, they're repeating themselves. You know, it's just... They're trying to tug at your heartstrings sometimes, and often it doesn't work. Yeah, and I feel like their objective was to make the point that if the people from the other planet come back, they're going to destroy even more or cause even more problems. Just let the survivors and the colony of people who are, don't colonize them again, don't recolonize Earth, right? right? Let it do its thing. Let the humans who have survived, even if they only live 30 years at a time and they're sick and they're desperate all the time, that's nature. Leave it alone. And that was accomplished. I feel like that, I got the message, right? I figured it out. She's looking forward to them. She's like, the kid says, are they going to come? And she's like, I don't know. So you're kind of like, 
you're hoping they don't, right? Like, well, we don't want you to come back. The kid says you're going to come and she says they will. No, she says, I don't know. Oh, I thought she said they will. No, he says something about the message was it sent. And then if they will come and she said, I don't know. Right. Which they, I say they will. Mm-hmm. Somebody they, will. Yeah. And what? You're just all going to be living Start in all world? over again. Like every time anything's colonized by humans, it's what we do. From from the first beginning, I'm sure, you find a little plot, you find some resources to survive, you start utilizing them, using them up. And in the meantime, you are sort of crushing down nature around you. Even if you're just a person living in the woods in a tent, right? You have to use and kind of kill off things in order for you to survive and then when we multiply that by eight billions of us or billions and billions of us that's the story that's how it goes every time so i figure like it's just a cycle now one thing i did find refreshing was the movie at the beginning like when they crash into the beach she wanders down the beach and then she finds these jellyfish things and one stings her i was like oh here, here we go alien movie <laughs> incubating or something or oh i didn't even think of that and it's not an alien movie and it's not about aliens or any it's not really about enemies is it it's not Mm -hmm. it's not like they're fighting stuff and running around with guns there is a little i mean it is because the jerks who want to just recolonize yeah mad maxi type deal yeah but i was never i didn't feel that threatened by it all it seemed too small to be threatening Mm. They're on the thing, and then some marauders come, and there's about six of them. I was like, eh, it's not like a big army. Yeah, we never established, they don't establish to, like, is the whole planet have survivors? How many? The aggressors in this situation are the people who showed up on the spaceship who came before them. So there's Ulysses 1, Ulysses 2. Our Lady is on Ulysses 2 because when Ulysses came 15 years before... They lost contact with the ship. They lost contact with the people, the astronauts, right? That's the group who've become the aggressors. But we don't know how... If her ship only had three people, you know, how many came the first time? Right. And then they've basically brainwashed or commandeered a bunch of the survivor people who are here on the planet already into becoming, you know, minions, essentially. So I just wanted a scope of, like... Have we checked out the whole planet? Is it all like this? Are there millions of survivors? We're just not seeing them, but we got none of that. It was very shallow in that aspect. <laughs> a movie about water was I very got, shallow. I'm so funny. Yeah, very good. Yeah. There's a movie called The Shallows, but that wasn't that shallow. And that was about a shark, so. Correct. <laughs> Overall, were you satisfied on? I was actually. I enjoyed it. It, it doesn't sound like it, but I really enjoyed just like. Because I'm a science fiction person, right? So I like the ideas of humans trying to survive wherever we end up, whatever the reason that we're threatened, either by radiation or this is another we can't produce anymore kind of situation, whatever. I like those stories. So I'm kind of all in when I get first get into it. You show me a spaceship that's crashing, I'm in. Yeah. And this then, starts off with a bang. Like- exactly. So I'm like, okay, so I get you, I get you. It had the... But I didn't love with the title cards where it's like, this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what's happening, boom. And That's so common as well. It it? is. It's just a super boring and very unsatisfying way to explain all of history up to this moment. It's a cheap way of doing it. It is. I mean, I get it, but, you know. Yeah. I feel like we see that more and more as time marches on with Mm -hmm. sci-fi movies. And if you don't like it, it really irritates you over and over. 
I don't dislike it, but it just seemed kind of, mm, you know. I miss the day when, like, Michael Bay would make Armageddon and not have those title cards, just show you, like, shit going down in a you big You miss the days fashion. of Michael Bay. What I you, do. What are you saying? You know, a movie, Armageddon, won't, we don't get those movies anymore. I disagree. I'm sure there are some. Barely. There have to be. Barely. I mean, there's that one that's coming up, what we watched the trailer for with the moon. Mm-hmm. Whatever that's called. <laughs> moon rising or... I can't remember. All right, on to the cast. Nora Anesia plays Blake. She's the main character. What did you think? I liked her a lot. She's French. This movie is not subtitled or anything. It's actually an English language movie, but most of the people in it are French or German or Swiss. Correct. So it was made for an international audience, but it is filmed in Germany and Switzerland also. But I don't think you would know that, apart from you don't recognize most of the people, I guess. Mm. They're famous in their own parts of the world. So I really liked her. She had, I said there was one moment, a couple of moments where they were Ripley in, where she was being Ripley, basically. A little bit. <laughs> she straps on the gun and reaches for the child's hand and is like, come yeah. on. And she's all gritty and gross and dirty. And yeah. I felt that she was tough. And it's pretty sad at the beginning. You know, she comes down here with somebody else and that stuff goes south. <laughs> yeah. But she's skilled and she seems strong. Like you said earlier, when she comes up against a possible sexual assault dude, that's pretty badass. Yeah, and I didn't feel worried for her just because we got to know her a little bit. You like, know why uh, I didn't feel worried She's going to kick your ass, dude. I mean, she's going to kick your ass. He was much smaller than her, first off. I don't even think that's why. I think she could have beat up anybody. She just looks tough to me, like she's going to... Like, yeah. kill you. I think that that's the bottom line. I don't think the size had anything to do with it. She was just like, what is, what is actually going on here with you, you prick? Now, here's a face you all recognize. Ian Glenn. He plays Gibson. You'll know him from Game of Thrones and Resident Evil and many other things. What did you think of Ian Glenn? He was all right. I mean, he's sufficiently creepy at the point he's supposed to be creepy. Yeah. So I was I, right. I said um, that I had a problem with that. He was sufficiently creepy, but like you say, at the point he's supposed to be creepy. Spoilers. He's kind of the bad guy. Kind, kind of. of. Is the bad guy. He's totally the bad guy. Yeah. But I'd already pinned him as the bad guy. Just, I don't know. It was some weird, like, oh, that's Ian Glenn. He'll probably be a bad guy. I don't know. See, that's normally my thing is yeah. to me to figure people out. And you were on so top of So when he it. did turn to be the bad guy, I was like, well, duh. This guy I really liked in this movie, even though he didn't have a ma massive part. But Sebastian Roche, he plays Blake's father. I do like that actor, but he didn't, they didn't give him a lot. Yeah, and I was kind of neutral on him. I don't know why. He just didn't do much for me. I always think of Gordon Ramsay when I look at him. Okay, don't see that I don't at know all. if he can cook as well. <laughs> I don't <laughs> see that at all. I always think of him as Gordon Ramsay's brother in hmm. my mind. And then I'd also put down the kid Eden Goff as Neil. You like Neil? Yes, he was very good. Again, because there's not a lot of time to deal with. They don't get a lot on, on screen time, the kid. Mm -mm. He, he was a cool kid. There are some really thoughtful, cool scenes in here. You know, when they're asking her about, because she's a space person to them, right? Yeah, she's from another planet that they've been taught about forever. And you've got, you know, this diabolical plan of Ian Glenn's to 
have these children. Basically, he's a Nazi. We haven't put that out there, but that's what his he's plan is. He's kidnapping the children. He's kidnapping from, the girls from yeah. the survivors in order to repopulate the earth. And on his wall are references to the Nazi era. Yes. There are multiple pictures of people all looking the same. And then drawings of ladies' reproductive organs and shit like that. Yeah. It's creepy. He's Hitler. Does bottom? He's British, but I mean, he's Hitler. That's how he's going about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got his little henchman, who is, yes seems like a he a is Nazi wanting henchman. to be the dictator of the world after they rebuild it. So yeah. that's where he's coming from. Now this is directed by Tim Fellbaum. He directed a movie called Apocalypse, which I didn't see, but a load of short movies. So this is like really his first big, mm. bigger movie. I wouldn't say this is a big movie, but. What did you think, directing-wise? I think for what I said earlier, it's a little too, like, oh my god, that looks beautiful, let's use that in this scene kind of deal, versus what really serves the story, right? or serves a viewer of, a like, moving pictures. So unfortunately, I felt like that was a little bit overkill. Yeah, the problem I had, it didn't seem to connect to, there's the art house side of it that I was talking about, and then there's the kind of... Yes, art housey. Yeah. But it doesn't commit to either. It's just kind of in the middle of all that. True. Another thing that I thought of while I was watching it was how derivative of other things it, it all seems to be. Like I've seen that kind of gun, I've seen that kind of outfit, I've seen that kind of set design. At somewhere else I've seen everything. There's well, nothing... I mean that's fair, because I mean there's nothing new under the sun, is there really? No, but in this one the only thing maybe some of that fancy camera work at the beginning, which was like Terence Malicky type stuff, mm -hmm. but that's going too high, right? <laughs> you mean just the shots of the long, never-ending yeah, title? And the blurry, kind yeah. of blurring in and out, kind of sparkly kind of look. Yeah. Which I do like that sort of thing, but then sometimes it doesn't seem like it's in the right movie. Anyway, IMDb reviews, what are those? Those are reviews people write on a website called imdb.com, and you like to refer to the one-star reviews because they're hilarious. All right, so these are the one-star reviews, and I'll sort them by date because they've got a new system on IMDb where you can sort them by date. So really? let's go. Yeah, let's go for the one-star on. review. IMDb did not have it, so you could sort reviews by date. It didn't before. It didn't. <laughs> so this guy, the last review for this movie was the 16th of October. That was right. the week it came out, probably. All right, here we go. First guy says... A morbid, incomprehensible piece of shit filmed in dark with fog everywhere for the entire movie. Acting was good, but miserable downer with nothing at all to recommend. Who the heck gives this awards must have been paid to do it. Don't bother unless you want two hours of misery. I mean, I disagree that it's misery, but I do agree that if anyone's really given it big, big, big ratings, it's a little overrated, but... Boring, no colours, light, or acting. No character arcs ever, other than a strong female character. How refreshing. Don't lose your time with this one. Hmm. And number three, I love sci-fi, but this isn't sci-fi. The dreary look is not even possible for our future. No colour. Unrealistic. Underdeveloped and unrealistic. Slow moving and boring. <laughs> How's that unrealistic? Anything is possible. Yes. Well, I mean, I'll just so put that out there. Extras. We watched the Blu-ray, and there is an extra. It's like the making of. It's about 25 minutes. It was okay. I yeah. liked the main thing I took away from it was it was cool that they'd built on 
the soundstage this whole watery thing. Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah, that was the cool part. So I'm going to give this a score. Great. You know what I'm going to give this one? Two. I'm going to give this a five out of ten. Oh, you stole my you stole my move. I'm saying five two. It's right down the middle. It doesn't excel at anything in my opinion, but it doesn't. It's not blah. I will forget it very quickly. I feel like that's a middle. Yeah. Movies that are really ugh. I but, remember but them longer. But I'm not longer. like looking at my watch, going, "I wish this was over." No, either. I was happy with the experience. It just will leave me very quickly. All right. So thank you to Lionsgate, and uh, you can watch the Colony right now, streaming or Blu-ray. Next week, we're looking at the new Marvel movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, the latest Marvel movie. All right. So you know I'll be happy about that. You will. All right. Recommendations. I didn't write any down, but I did have them in my mind. After Earth. You like it? Uh, mm, I did. I really liked it. Wasn't that? Not After Earth. No. Second Earth? Second. Other Earth. Other Earth. You mean the one where the people are the same? There's two Earths. All right, then. I'll recommend one. And that'll be Other Earth. Is that what it's called? Another Earth. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and then I will not recommend one. One to not recommend would be After Earth, what I said in the first place. Well, that's just rude. We're not saying don't watch it. <laughs> is it Another Earth, it's called? I think, yeah. Yeah, Another, it is. I've just looked it up. Another it, Earth. Give yeah. a brief synopsis of that. I, I can't remember it all, but I do a remember. A brief synopsis is that there is another Earth yes. that is a duplicate of us. There's another one of us. It's like an alternate universe, except it's just in this world. There's another Earth, and it's coming close to this Earth. Yes. And so we have a character who exists on both planets who's finding herself. And it's like a... But it doesn't feel like that at all. It doesn't feel like science fiction. It's art housey, and it's say. very gut. It's it's pretty emotional. It's, yeah. it's quality stuff. Um, my recommendations are going back to the eighties. Two very different movies. Nothing to do with this one, by the way. I just have a list. Forty eight hours, fun times. Yes. And Sophie's Choice, not fun times. I'm not seeing Sophie's Choice. So when people say, "Oh, well, it's Sophie's Choice," you know, when they're talking about a decision. Do you I'm know like, what it means? What choice did she have to make? I don't know. The ch- you really don't know? No. Okay, the choice she has to make, spoiler, it's like 40 years old, is uh, she is in a Nazi camp, you know? Right. She's Jewish and sort of makes okay with the creeps in a horrible, horrible way. And they l- make her decide which of her children is going to live or die. Oh, that's really cherry. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's terrible, but it's a... One of those high quality of the time. So you could have a nice, uh, like, double bill with Schindler's List. I don't recommend it if you don't want... I mean, you know, if you're going for, like, to get the vibe, yeah. It's not a cheery combination, but hey, if you want to confront it, go for it. Yeah, I've never seen it. Is it worth seeing? I... yeah. Oh, you are recommending it. I'm recommending any movie that I saw from the 80s. (laughs) And I think everyone should watch every movie and not just be limited, so... So Ace Scully stuff, there's been some games I've been playing this week. You actually watched almost the entirety of this game, and it's called Unpacking. Mm-hmm. And it's on Game Pass if you want to play it, PC, Xbox. I'll let Sid Talk explain what Unpacking Unpacking is, it's a little kind of cartoony looking screen of a room with some cardboard boxes. You click on the box, you pull things out of the box because you've just moved in to a new home. And you unpack the box and you put all the shit away. 
So you got to put the pans where the pans go. You got to put the things on the wall. You got to find space for all your socks and your underwear. I'm not kidding. That's what it is. And it's very relaxing. Yeah, it sounds like, wow, that's boring. <laughs> that's like something I don't want to do. Like, But no, it's... It's really cute. Yeah, it's an indie game. And it's like, it's kind of in pixel style graphics. But, mm-hmm. you know, it looks nice. It's a relaxing kind of zen out game. But then there's also a story involved in it. In a very... It's not like there's some deep, massive story. Part of the fun of the game is like figuring out... Because you never see at the beginning, you know, see until the very end who you are yeah and you start off you're in a children's room you're a child and you're unpacking your stuff into a new house and then it moves each level it moves through a period of your life so you go to college and you unpack in the dorm and then you buy your first house and you unpack in the house that kind of thing and as you're unpacking what's interesting and a thing to real life is you're pulling the same things out like you're like well there's a thing i had when i was a kid and now I'm 30, and here's that thing still, right? Yep. That little cuddly toy or whatever it is. So there's a lot of that to think about while you're doing it. But there's also a lot of, who is this person? Can we figure them out from just looking at the things that they own? And it turns out you can figure out a person by looking at the things that they own. Kind of. But then the other question is, you know, do our things actually... Because a lot of it, there's a little bit of like, you're not sure about gender. So there's a thing that you don't really consider. We just automatically think if somebody has a bunch of pink clothes, they're female, right? We're brainwashed. So I think it challenges that a little bit too. It's a cool game. Interesting. I, you know, I was just looking on Game Pass, what's new? And I thought, well, that sounds interesting and clicked it. And I was like, I'll probably try it for five minutes and then put it away. I went Hmm. through the entire game in one afternoon. Okay, this from the man who loves a game about delivering things. Yeah. (laughs) Remember that game? Ultimately had more going on, but in the beginning of that game that you just watched, they're just played with Redis in it, right? With Oh, um, you mean Death Stranded? Yeah, it's him walking across the landscape delivering packages. Yeah. And you love that part. Not just like, oh, I can't wait to get to deliver this package. You enjoy the whole thing. Zen. Thing of Even if you're playing GTA, which is about all kinds of crime and racing and crime, you like literally driving around the city following the computer-generated character. I'm listening to the radio. Yeah. <laughs> so unpacking a bunch of boxes does not seem like a thing that you would not be interested in. No, I really liked it. It's called Unpacking, and it's an indie game. It's on Game Pass. If you subscribe to Game Pass, it's on there. But if you want to buy it, it's all over the place as well, Steam, etc. Have you found any feedback about it? I found a really good feedback. Like I saw, I went on Twitter to follow the game developer just in case they make something else that's cool. And I saw people like, you know, sending tweets their way saying, I've never played anything like this. It was really relaxing and my other half doesn't play games, but they sat and watched me play it and that kind of thing. I can identify with that. So yeah, unpacking, it's available now. The other game I've been playing, and this is on another, this is a big EA game, but also this has got like a unpacking kind of feel because EA have this program now where they take on indie developers and let them make a game using EA money. So this is like an indie game with a bigger budget and it's called It Takes Two. And what I said to you, how I explained this game was it starts off and you're You're in a house and there's mum and dad and the child 
And mum and dad are obviously like at each other's throats a little bit and the child's like noticing it. And it becomes clear pretty quickly that they've fell out and it's time for a divorce, right? And it's how it's going to affect this kid. And, you know, it's pretty, it's all sad, like, like in real life, how that's sad for everybody. But then what happens in the game is mum and dad, they turn into these little dolls. You've got mum and you've got dad and they're like little, you know, like sack boy, like woolen kind of dolls. Mm -hmm. And they're tiny and they're in the house. And mum and dad quickly like, what the hell's happening? And they look up in the air and there's their child and it's like a giant. And they're in the house and they don't know what's happening. And then out of nowhere, the book of love turns up and it says, Hey, you two, you're not getting along so well. You need to sort this out because that child's going to suffer. The game is split screen. One plays the mum, one plays the dad. And you go through these levels and you have to cooperate with each other. And as they cooperate with each other, the mum and dad bicker and they argue, you know, because they're not. But they start to get together more as it goes through the game. Hmm. What it turns out is, They're these tiny little sack dolls that are running through the house. They're the levels. But the Book of Love tells them the only way they can not be these little dolls is they need to get some of the children, the child that you can see up there, some of her tears. So these two dolls, who have no way to interact with her because they're so small she can't even see that they're there, they have to like go through this quest to get the tears from the child so they can become mum and dad again. Now, you might ask, Where's mum and dad during all this to the child, right? Mm-hmm. So child's in the house. Mum and dad have turned into these little cloth dolls that are tiny. Where's mum and dad? Well, mum and dad have turned into like nothing. They're asleep. And throughout the game, you see the kid go to dad. who's like on the couch like a zombie because his whole soul has been ripped out of him, I guess, which is kind of terrifying. I'm a little confused, but okay, okay. Why, I'm hanging. I don't know. You didn't mention the sleeping part. It's like they are actually these dolls, but they they're are not. actually the dolls, but their carcasses of bodies are in the house still. Okay, that's the dark part for me. Very dark. But the little girls wandering around. You know, like I think it's a metaphor of how like adults ignore children a lot. Sure. So little girl walks into dad's office and he's doing something and says a load of stuff and he can't say anything back. Right. <laughs> But she kind of makes her own conversation with him because he's got his back to her and just leaves the room thinking, oh, that was cool. Dad really agreed to that or whatever. And the same with mom, right? So it's just a really cool... And the gameplay, minute to minute, is really cool too because you're always doing something different because you're trying to escape the house. And maybe the enemy is like a rat in the basement or the vacuum cleaner turns out to be an enemy at one point. It's like, honey, I shrunk the kids, but the adults are the shrunken ones. But in a really emotionally devastating way. It is. And I've not got to the end yet. So I don't know if they get divorced or not. But maybe this whole adventure will bring them back together. Or maybe it won't. Who knows? It's an indie game, right? Goodness. So what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Well, I've decided we're having Subway. And no, we're not sponsored. I just decided. Eat fresh. (laughs) Yeah. We'll see, though. Because you know what? These days, places aren't always open. Or they don't have staff. So if there's one person working and 20 people in line, I will not be going to Subway. Uh, that's kind of how it's determined. Then we won't eat fresh. But that is, <laughs> that's the starting point, And then we'll kind of go from there. All right. And what is your advice? My advice isn't advice yet again. It's an observ- not even an observation. It's just sort of a 
conclusion I've come to, a thing, a step I've settled on. I don't know how to come to it. In life, as you get older, it's like I said, tomorrow's my birthday. I'm 54. Happy birthday. You, thank you. You just think about shit, right? One thing about being human, and wherever you are, I'm, I don't know. I've not been raised everywhere in the world. But where I've been raised, there's sort of this invented idea of life, your life, having to have like a purpose or a meaning that you have to make something of your life, right? The time that you're here. And a lot of people put value on that for money or for like some sort of altruistic career or you, if you are a nurse or a doctor or a soldier or a teacher or you've done something grand or great or helpful to humanity, well, you've, you've made something of your life. But like we invented that idea. I don't think that a lion walking around in nature or an elephant or a worm <laughs> or any other creature that's just living life and populating this planet, as far as I know, that's not a thing. We've been made, we've made it up because we can feel things are important, right? I feel like my marriage to you is important and this moment is important. It gives me value to have relationships with other people to maybe get us through another day if something's difficult or make somebody laugh or be the person who's the friend or the aunt or the the daughter who brings you toilet paper for your birthday, which is what I did for my mom this year. Like in those moments, there is value to the relationship. It gets you through today. It gets you through to tomorrow. And yet, ultimately, if someone were to add up my whole life, it's not going to be like, oh, she did something with her life. And I'm 150,000% fine with that. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's my whole, that's my big philosophy of the week. Ascully.com is something we did. Ascully.com. That's great. We, well, you did, but yeah. We did this podcast. That's true. We also did Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We invented <laughs> all three. <laughs> we, um, I mean, if those things didn't get invented, it's not like all of society and the world would suffer. I mean, you don't know what doesn't exist. All, what about all the things that don't exist? Hey, since so your um, advice is bleeding into my... It is. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anchor.fm slash after the show, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, everywhere where podcasts are available, you can get after the show movie podcast. You can email feedback to me, aschoolyaschoolyacom Don't email Sid Talk because she hates you all. I don't. I actually don't hate anybody. So there you go. And stay classy. The colony. Some of it was classy. Some of it was subpar. Hmm. I'm going to say think for yourself because if you don't do it, Clearly somebody's doing it for you.